Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Good morning, good morning. There's a scripture that says, I was glad when they said, let us come into the house of the Lord. So let's stand up together. We're gonna worship the Lord together. You know, there's a scripture I wanted to share today and it says, um, no eye has seen a God who acts upon those who wait for him. And we have come today to actively wait upon the Lord. And in this place, there's a transaction that happens. We worship God and he does the impossible and the supernatural, the miraculous. So where we lack hope, he brings hope. Where we need healing, he brings healing. He is the one that changes everything. And if you are here this morning and you want God to do the supernatural in your life, to meet you where you're empty and bring the fullness of God, would you lift your hands with me this morning? Father, we pray that you would move and do what only you can do. We wanna see what you see, God. Take the blinders off of our eyes. Father, take us out of what only we can see and help us to see the God who reigns, who's resurrected, and who's present today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all of us said, amen. Let's worship.
them a shout of praise in the sanctuary. Cathedral family, it's great in this moment to celebrate another life that has been changed. It's a moment in which we as a family witness water baptism. Just as Jesus went into the grave, he passed away. Three days later, he resurrected to new life. When a person makes this decision to be baptized in water as a public confession of faith before the family of God. They go into the grave of the water, but we don't keep them there. No, we won't keep you down there three days. Just for a second, they go down, and then they come back out raised to new life. In fact, there's a passage of scripture that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and here's what it says. Anyone who believes in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And there's basically four declarations of this passage. I believe in Christ. I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Say that after me. I believe in Christ. I am a new creation. The old is gone. And the new has come. And today it's a great privilege for us to celebrate with Troy this decision. It's great to have his boss, Jim Gallagher, be able to baptize him in this moment. Troy, I want to ask you, you've received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior from sin, haven't you? Yes. And as a result of your confession of faith, in this moment, there's a reminder for the rest of your life, your sins have been washed away. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, as I've been praying for you this week, there's a passage of scripture I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you in this moment. It comes from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Troy, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But Troy, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Lord, I just pray blessing, peace, grace, and favor on my friend that you would strengthen him in this moment of making this public confession of faith 
You would meet his deepest needs. You would direct his path. May your favor be upon him. Troy, because of your confession of faith, Jim now baptizes you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Out with the old, in with the new. Yeah, let's give God thanks and praise. Hallelujah. Pastor Vaughn, continue to lead us in worship before the throne. Come on, let's put our hands together like this. anything is possible come on do you really believe that anything is possible do you see what I see that the grave is empty moment together. Lord, may you receive all glory, honor, and praise in this moment. May you have our full and undivided attention. We love you. We give thanks for the hope that we have in Christ. This is our firm foundation. This is our solid rock. We shall boast in the name of the Lord. We love you, we thank you, we give you all glory, honor, praise, and all of God's people shouted in this moment. One more time, a moment of thanksgiving. Oh 
Let's sing it with me one more time. I will build. I will make this your prayer. That's it. You are a firm foundation, Lord. Oh, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And I will not be shaken. Oh, I'll trust in you, God. Yes, I will. I put my hope in you, Jesus. Oh, I will. We will not be moved. Lord, Father, we just thank you for this holy moment. God, you're doing something in the room. You're doing something in this moment, online, in the parking lot, in the amphitheater, around the world. Your spirit is at work, and we invite more and more and more of it. Father, we pray that you would change our lives. I pray that someone would set their heart on the rock and the firm foundation today, right here, right now, in this moment, God. Lord, we surrender to who you are and what you do. We thank you so much for your presence, and we will shout your praise in the sanctuary, and all of God's people shouted in this moment, amen, amen and amen and amen. Cathedral of Faith. Come on, our moments of just response, not to the song, not to the production, not to the gathering, but to God himself in this moment. Father, Lord, we look to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How about a release of a shout of praise? Come on. Come on, step. Take one step outside of your comfort. Give them a shout of praise, a shout of thanksgiving, a shout of delivery, a shout of victory. Hallelujah. God, we praise you before we even see the fullness of it. God, we believe it. We stand on it. Our breakthrough is around the corner. The miracle is around the corner. The provision is around the corner. We praise you before it even shows up because we have faith in what you've said over what we see. Hallelujah. Cathedral of Faith. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Welcome, everybody. This is Cathedral of Faith where everyone is welcome. Nobody is perfect. The love is lived out and everything is because we serve an amazing God. If you believe it's true, come on one more time. Put your hands together. Look at a neighbor and tell him he is risen. Hello, Cathedral friends and family, and happy Sunday. Thank you for being with us today. If this is your first time, welcome. We would love to get to know you better and share a little bit about us. So scan the QR code that's on the screen, send us a text, or pick up a card from one of our frontline team members. On Friday night after a two-year pandemic break, the Concert for Change was back, and what a fun night we had. 
we want to give a special shout out to all the performers, including our Coffee Student Ministries and our always fabulous hosts, Dr. Wayne and Jolie. A huge thank you to each and every one of you that came out to support the Life Child Organization. Class of 2022, we want to congratulate you. If you are graduating from high school or college, we want to celebrate your accomplishment on Sunday, June 12th. Sign up by sending us an email at info at cathedraloffaith.org. Summer is here and we are working on a bunch of family fun events you're not going to want to miss. The first one is coming up on Saturday, June 18th, a paint night. The cost is $15. You can sign up on our website. Come out, bring the family, and create a masterpiece of your own. We have a lot more fun planned, including our Stars and Strides run that's coming up in July. So be sure to follow us on social media, check our website, and click events so you don't miss a single thing. I hope you have a great week. Uh, welcome, Cathedral family. We are family. Now, those of you in my generation know that well, there's a whole song with that, but we'll leave it there. God, our Heavenly Father, loves and cares for us so much of his, as His beloved children that once we receive Him, we become brothers and sisters. We're part of the family of God, and the things that we plan for you to connect and grow and serve are all that purpose in mind to help you become the best that you can be. As Steph just alluded to, one of the options coming up on July 2nd is what we call Stars and Strides Run. Now, maybe you're like, I'm not a runner. There's walkers, there's people pushing strollers, there's families, and what we want to do for you as a church family is that all the Saturdays in June, we're gonna hold a Cathedral Strong workshop. Every Saturday morning from nine to 10.30, you can come out, warm up. We're gonna, some of us will walk around the property, some will run. We're going to prepare you for those four weeks so that we can all go out as a family and celebrate that day. And maybe, you know, you can be together with the family of God and you lose a few pounds. Anybody up for that? All right. And in fact, you might have friends who would never think about going to church, but you'd say, hey, why don't you come to a, a little warm-up workout with good workout tips on Saturday mornings in June? We'd love to have you join us. And if you're looking for more information on that, out after service in the amphitheater, there's the Connect booth. Pastor Romel will give you a place to sign up. We're going to have trainers and tips and all kinds of things. We want to help you be your best. Amen? Well... Have you ever wondered when Jesus was traveling around with Peter, James, and John, and all the rest of them, how they took care of themselves? I mean, Jesus left being a carpenter. Peter left being a fisherman, as well as James and John. Levi left being a tax. They all left their jobs. How did they eat every day? Well, there's a great passage of scripture from Luke chapter eight I wanna share with you. And here's what it says. It says, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also many women. In fact, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. There was a whole group of women, some of them were wealthy, some weren't, but their finances made sure the disciples had places to eat and places to sleep, and ministry could continue. Without generous support of these women, it would never have happened. 
I mean, I can't imagine Jesus waking up in the morning and saying, hey guys, sorry, we're gonna fast today. There's no money for food. No, it was provided for. And that's what happened. Ministry took place because of provision. And that's what happens through you. Because of your provision of bringing tithes and offerings, ministry is able to happen. Everything that happens here on this campus, around the world, across the bay, it happens because of your generosity. And there are many ways you can be part of that this weekend. You can go to our church app. You can go online. There's a number on the screen that you can text to. Following service, the ushers will be at the doors for you to give. For those of you watching online, it's great to have you with us. You can write out checks and mail them or drop them by the office. There are so many ways that your generosity makes ministry happen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Just as this passage gives uh, gratitude to these women who made the ministry of Jesus possible, we also want to express our gratitude for what you do to make ministry possible through Cathedral of Faith. Well, Cathedral of Faith is a family that is not just here in San Jose. We're around the Bay Area, we're across the nation and around the world. And one of our strategic partners, who's been a dear friend of ours for two decades, is Pastor Anthony Liebenberg. He pastors the church in Cape Town, South Africa. And on his honeymoon, God gave he and his wife a vision. We can't help every child, but we can't help one child. And one at a time, they begin to minister and support and help orphaned children. There were hundreds of them throughout South Africa, Malawi, Mozambique, Botswana, all that region where they serve and have their four homes. We've been part of Live Child for many years. We've sent teams over there multiple times. We've actually built buildings over there for them because there's children at risk who have no families. Parents are lost, they're alone, they're on the streets. And what we do is we partner with them so that we can care for these children and help them have a hope and a future. In fact, one of the amazing things that has happened after having been there for so long is some of the original kids who were in the program are now doctors and lawyers and leaders and teachers in their community. And that all happened because of people like you and me who come alongside Life Child and make it possible. Anthony's here this weekend from South Africa. He's a dear friend of ours. He is not only an amazing leader and preacher and teacher, but he's a mountain climber. He's a biker. He's a great friend. He's an amazing man of God. Let's welcome Anthony as he comes to minister. Thanks, my friend. Fabulous. Well, it's great to be with you again. Uh, you guys look beautiful. Uh, what a beautiful day. Isn't it great to be able to say this is the day that the Lord has made? And we will rejoice and be glad in it. And you get to live in California. And uh, you, how many surfers are here today? Because, you know, they say Cape Town is the surfing capital of the world. Uh, but I think California is the surfing capital. Uh, and, and they say the most beautiful people are in Cape Town, but I actually think you're the most beautiful people. In fact, just look at the person next to you and go like, you look amazing. Just tell the person. <laughs> it's so good to be with you today, and, and I'm trusting God for you. This, this series, Breaking Free, is so important. Because the Bible says it's for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. It's always been God's intention 
to take us from being locked down, locked out, to be encaged, uh, to be uh, chained. Uh, and that's why the Bible says, whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. God wants you to break out of uh, addiction, to break out of darkness, break out of confusion, to break out of loneliness. And we're gonna deal with that today. And this series that we're busy with is so, so important. And so I want you to stand with me and we're gonna believe God for His Word. How many of you know it's God's Word that brings the change? The Bible calls it seed that gets sown on the soil. And the seed that gets sown on the soil is the soil of your life and of your heart. And in Romans 12 it says, let yourself be transformed, changed, metamorphosized by, by the renewing of your mind. How is our mind renewed? According to the Word of God. So we want the seed to fall on good soil so that we can be changed so that we can break free and live this incredible life that God has for you, this potential, this unleashed potential that still resides within you. You ready for it? So Father, we stand together. I stand with everybody here today. Our online community, the people out in the amphitheater, Lord, all those that are here today. Lord, we stand together and say, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Our, our soil, our lives, we, we present to you, Lord, as good soil, receptive soil, open, yielded, and say, Lord, may your word fall on good soil and produce a harvest, not just a 30-fold, 60-fold, but a 100-fold return, the best return that could ever come from your word in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say with me, amen, amen and amen and amen. Well, give somebody a high five and let's get ready. So this series, Breaking Free, is unleashing the best version of you. I think you and I are still yet to see what God has in store for us. Do you know that tomorrow you've never lived before? In fact, this afternoon, you've never lived before. It's unredeemed, it's un unexperienced, you haven't had it yet, it's still to be lived. So there's still so much more waiting for you and I. The unleashed potential, and I think we haven't fully discovered all that God has put in us. And so today we're gonna try and help unfold that a bit more. Uh, I had a friend who came and spoke to our church uh, in Cape Town, a, a very good dear friend, he comes every 10 years, he's a world-renowned astronomer, and he came and he spoke on the, on the subject, looking up, because we've been going through two years and you know, many things have happened during COVID, and just like in America, just like in Africa, uh, people have suffered, there's been consequences because of COVID, the impact has been huge economically, but just on lives and just people's livelihood in many different ways. And, and so he, the feeling was that people aren't looking up anymore. People have been looking down, looking to navels, they, you know, they, they're suffering with depression. And, and, and he said, I just wanna show you, I wanna show you God that's the God who created the whole heavens and the universe. And, and so as a, as a brilliant scientist, he showed us the God of creation. And it was just so beautiful. And I was thinking about that today and I thought, in the subject that I wanna speak about to you is, I wanna take you to a place before humankind, before mankind, before you and I got to mess it up, before our brokenness, before our sin, before our, uh, you know, our weakness and before the loss and before uh, you know, just the lack of dreams, before we even could dream, before human race, before mankind, what was God like and who is God? And so we wanna look at God in the beginning and Genesis 1 verse one says, in the beginning, God. I just love that, in the beginning, God, let's say this together. In the beginning, God. 
In other words, before my trouble, before my mother-in-law, before my, uh, the, oh, I need the one there, hey? before the neighbor, you know, before the job, the, the boss at the work who's given me a hard time, before all the calamity, for all the bad news, God. God before creation. So I wanna look at who is God and what was God's intent right from the beginning. Because if we can get an idea, a picture of God before the human race, we can see how God intended things to be and what he wants for you and I today. So Genesis chapter one, verse one to two, in the Amplified Version says this, in the beginning God created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, which in other words, the primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. And the Spirit of God was moving, in other words, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. Now, the, the, the word darkness in the old Hebraic word in Hebrew means chaos. So the Spirit of God was watching over and brooding and moving over chaos, confusion. And then we know what verse two says, that God said, let there be light, and the same old Hebraic word in Hebrew means order. So God looks at chaos, and what is his intent? Bring order, to bring a sound mind, to bring reason, to bring logic, to bring, to bring a breakthrough. And so it says the Spirit of God was moving, hovering over the first surface of the water. And Lita Sanders said it like this. The Bible teaches us that God existed before the universe. And imagine that, before the galaxies, before everything that is out there. And he is outside the universe and beyond the physical laws that govern it. So God's not governed by the universal laws. He's not governed by <laughs> the physical laws that are out there. And Psalm 90 verse two says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This is a very powerful truth. God has been in existence, and is is in existence, and will always be in existence, and he will always be who he is in terms of his character and in his nature. So let me share with you a few thoughts today about God that will help us. Just a couple. Can we go on a journey? You ready? Well, first of all, God is not intimidated by nothing. He's not intimidated by nothing. The Bible says, in the beginning, God, in other words, God saw nothing, he created from nothing the heavens and the earth. Oh, this is so powerful. God saw nothing and he made something out of it. And you might be thinking, I've got nothing to give after COVID. I've got nothing left in me. It's all too late, it's all over. There's nothing there. And your nothing versus God's nothing is two different things. God looks at your nothing and he sees something that could be. You know, some people look at things as they are and they say, why? God looks at things as they could be and should be and he says, why not? That's what God does. God always sees the potential even in nothing. So when you think you're completely bottomed out, there's nothing left in your marriage, nothing left in terms of your workspace and your energies and, and your health, there's nothing left in terms of, uh, of dreams and visions that you had, you've topped out, you've bottomed out, it's all over. God says, no, that's just the beginning for me. In fact, there was a time when there was nothing, but I created everything that you look at today and go like, wow, isn't the heavens amazing? Isn't the universe beautiful? Oh, wow, isn't the earth incredible? Especially when you come to Cape Town. 
And God says, before there was nothing, I created something. God can take your nothing and create something beautiful and powerful out of that. What about God and time? Some of you feel you've run out of time. Well, let's look at what the Bible says, because when we think of God's pre-existence, we tend to think of God existing for billions of years before creation. Like, in other words, how old is God? <laughs> but that's flawed thinking. Instead, God is timeless. God created time itself. Can you catch this? God is timeless, but he created time itself. Yet he is also able to enter time and space to intervene in events at any point. Because some of us use the phrase, well, it's too late for God. Like we tell God how much time he's got left. It's too late for God. It's too late. We say that with our lifestyle. Well, it's too late for God to do anything in my life. It's too late for, for me to see some sort of fruit in my life. It's too late to start again. I have a friend who said to me, Anthony, I lost, my, I lost everything three times in my life. And one of the times was, right to, was, was not so long ago. It was in his 70s and he decided, you know what, I can still build a new business. And he got up and built a, a whole new business. Because in his mind, it's never too late. You see, your time and God's time is two different things. God never runs out of time. Let me say that again, God never, come on, say this with me, God, God. never runs out of time. In fact, let me read with you what the Bible says in John chapter 11. You know, it's about Mary and, and you know the story about Martha and also about Lazarus. And, and it says in, in verse 32 of John 11, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet because what had happened, he, had, he was dead now, right? Lazarus had, had died. Three days in the grave, it was too late. And she says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many of you said, Lord, if you had really been here during COVID, this wouldn't have happened? Lord, this, this wouldn't happen to my business. If you really, God, it's too late. Imagine telling God, it's too late. She didn't really, really know who Jesus was. You see, sometimes we wanna to prescribe to God, we wanna become the creators, we wanna take his place. But he's the one that lives outside time. He's the one that's not controlled by time. He's not limited by time. So why should we limit God ourselves? You know, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, we know the outcome of that. Well, Jesus said, well, I'm here now. Let me say this, God is here now. And he made a difference in Lazarus' life. God is here now. If you will let him, he will make a difference in your business, in your marriage, in your children's lives. Doesn't matter what has preceded, what has happened, what's gone before. He can make a difference right now. And let's not say, if oh, no, don't say, God, this is the wrong, it's too late for you. God does not run out of time. Don't say, well, it's the wrong place in the wrong time. And don't even say that this is God's season. <laughs> Imagine telling God, God, I think this is, this is your season. This is the season when God's gonna do something. God's not determined by seasons. You know, though, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You know, hey, hey, even if there's enemies coming against me, he prepares a table before my enemies. Gives me a cup and overflows. He, he helps me to lie down in green pastures. Hey, listen, every, God can do whatever he wants to. He can do whatever he wants because you know why? He is my shepherd. He's the author of time. He can, he can cause the sun to stand still. He can, he can, even if it's too late, it's never too late. 
Come on, say it's not too late. What about God and loneliness? It's, I'm very lonely, you might be saying. I've, I, I'm, I'm isolated, polarized. I live by myself. There's no one around. It's just me and myself and my personality. But, but God is not alone. You see, before the universe existed, there was only God. But was God alone? No, the Bible says God is a trinity. The persons of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all share the same divine nature and they want God. Genesis 1 verse 1 says the Spirit of God was hovering. Verse 2, then God said, and watch this in verse 26. It says, uh, in the Genesis 1 it says, uh, sorry, verse 2 says, then God said, and then in verse 26 it says, then God said, let us, us, who's us? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Who's our? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not physical, but a spiritual personality and a moral likeness. In other words, this is incredible. You are made in the image of God, but you've made the image of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I mean, you've got, you've got some looks. No wonder you're so uniquely wired. Do you know that your DNA is unique to you? Your RNA is unique to you. The hair follicles is unique to you. The iris of your eye is unique to you. Your fingerprint is unique to you. There is no one on this planet who looks as awesome and fearfully, wonderfully made as you. Come on. I made it the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy. I mean, what a deal, what a package. Come on. We wanna go and put on some Gucci clothes to make us look like the package and, or some Daniel Hector, whatever these, these brands are. I just go to TJ Maxx. When I, come to, when I come to Africa, I go to TJ Maxx. Any other TJ Maxx people? Why should I pay a lot of money for branded merchandise? Now, don't go there when I'm there because I wanna shop at leisure. All right. But you know what, in John 17, Jesus is praying a prayer, and it's a beautiful, it's called the high priestly prayer. It's where, because it's all about intercession, that Jesus intercedes for us, and, and he knows we get lonely, he knows we feel isolated, he knows we feel I find ourselves in dark places, and, but he intercedes for us. In other words, he commits to, to connect with us, with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, and, and to make sure that we're never alone. That's why Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he prays this prayer in John 17, it's called the high priestly prayer because of intercession. And, and he, he starts off by saying, Father, I'm speaking loud, like I'm doing now, not because you can't hear me, but I'm doing it for their sake. In other words, I want them to hear. You know what? Jesus wants you to hear today. He wants you to hear it. He wants you to know what he has for you. And look what he says here in John. I love it in verse five. He says, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And Jesus is saying, they need to know, Father, we've been together for a long time. We've never been lonely. We've always, has, always had relationship. We've always had intimacy. And my friends, that's the ultimate goal that God wants with you and, and, and desires for you is intimacy, relationship. That's why Revelation 3 verse 20 says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart to knock. Any man hears my voice and opens up. God doesn't want you to be lonely, isolated, feel like you run out of time, and it's too late. No. He says, if you open up, he says, I will come in, dine with you and you with me. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? God wants to have a relationship with you, and walk with you, talk with you, 
intimate with you. Even as far as back as that old balcony at there, he's waiting for you, knocking at the door of your life. I love that. And he said, I had this with you before the world existed. I mean, God has been in, into relationships for a long time. You see, man, God did not create mankind because he was lonely. He created out of fullness. God created out of relationship. God created humanity out of unity, out of wholeness. Can you see that? I mean, the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come into my life, life, the life of relationship and intimacy and, 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 and just more than just you and yourself, but, but those around you. That's why the two greatest commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Isn't it true? It's more about, it's about family and unity and, and relationship. It's so, it's so beautiful. And what we see here when God creates, he literally bursts out of himself. In other words, God is not limited in any way. What about the move of God? Some of you thought, well, God has done nothing over the last two, two years. God must have gone to Mars, you know, because the world's been like really chaotic and confusion. Where's God been? Is God moving? Is God moving in the church still? Is God moving in my heart, in my family? Where is God? The move of God. When God's spirit moves, the Bible says the Spirit of God was moving in Genesis 1. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. When was he moving? He was moving while it was in darkness, while it was in chaos, while it was in confusion. Listen, Mozambique right now, we've just gone through a year of the ISIS affiliates terrorists that have, that have marauded and murdered thousands of people in north of Mozambique and driven 800,000 refugees down to Pemba. We've, been, we've just had our fourth cyclone in 18 months. Decimated homes and buildings, even our children's village clinic, the roof is completely blown off. And, uh, and, and three homes, and, and, and we just see everything, just the chaos. But in the midst of that, there is the bride of Christ, the church, who refuses to be intimidated, but who says, you know what, God's not quiet, God's not dead, God is alive, and He's moving by His Spirit, and they rise up out of the ashes of brokenness and difficulty and confusion and, and darkness, which is chaos, because God speaks order into that. Because we've realized that if you just let God be who He is, we'll get the fruit of all that it is. That's why Jesus said when you pray, you pray the prayer, our Father who art in heaven, and I'll be thy name, let your kingdom come. In other words, it says every day, let God be who he is in our lives. And then you begin to experience that God is moving. And it's easy to misconstrue the intent of God by judging him based on his silence. You might say, I cannot hear God. That means he's uninterested. Or you might say, I cannot see God, so he's not involved. You might say, I can't feel his presence, so he's not intimate. But we all know Ephesians 3 verse 20. We all know it. It says, now to him who is able. Can somebody say able? able? Now pause here for a minute. The reason why it says he is able, it means he can, he wants to, but will you let him? Will you let him who is able to be the person that he needs to be in and through your life? 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could all ask, imagine according to his power, come on, even in chaos, confusion, darkness, even though it seems like COVID is still here and the impact of COVID. No, his spirit is at work and right now in Cathedral of Faith, right here, for those online, the spirit of God is moving in your life, in your family, in your business, in your children's lives. He is moving, moving, moving right now. Before he created mankind, humanity. And your children, you feel might be so far from God. And your heart is broken when you see things around you. But God is moving. Oh, I've got to move on. I've got to move on. Excuse the pun. What about the love of God? Was God, was love around before creation? Did God look at humanity and then when he created them, he said, oh, I've discovered a new sensation called love. Oh. Because some of you only know a erotic, eros kind of love. Some of you only know a phileo, uh, emotional love. But maybe you've never experienced the agape, the agape, the unconditional love. When it says, for God so loved the world, it's agape, it's unconditional. And the, and the reality is, where did love come from? John 17, verse 24, Jesus said, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given because you, oh, here we go, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Before he made you, before he made me, God already existed in love. Love before the creation, but let me, let me say this, also love before the fall. Love is not as a result of the fall of, of mankind. Love is not just an essential element because we mess up. No, love pre-existed our condition of sin. Look what it says in John 4, verse 7. It says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everybody say, love comes from God. You think it's that girl next to you, don't know. I never knew that I could love like this until I met you. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's right, it's a song. God is love. I'm sure there should be a song. That is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God. God so loved us. We also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. Come on, finish it with me. His love is made complete in us. Oh my goodness. Before he even made us, he set everything up in love. Isn't that powerful that God set it up in love? What about the fact that God knew? God knew that you and I would mess up. How many of you messed up last week? Raise your hands. No, everybody raise your hands. Some people more than others, pastors. No, come on. God knew that we would fail. God knew that we would mess up. God knew that you would say there's no more time. God knew that you would get to a place where you feel I'm so lonely. 
He knew that because the Bible says in 1 Ephesians chapter 1, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Watch this. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He, listen, before he even created it, he planned your breakthrough. He brand, planned your breakout. He planned your best life that could still be lived. He told you, he knew it right. He knew we would fail him. Despite failure, he already planned your victory. Oh my goodness, there's something. This shows that God was never taken by surprise by the fall. He had planned for it even before he created. He had already determined that Jesus would die for our sins and rise again. So this passage sweeps through all of salvation history. From the work of God in eternity past to the believer's present salvation. How many believers are present here? Three people, three believers. And to eternity, the destiny of believers in the future. I wanna close with this last thought. The, the next thing that, we see that God did and God set up before he created you and I was the kingdom of God. I want the worship team to come up. The kingdom of God. Matthew 25 verse 34 tells us, and this is about the judgment in the end of times. And Jesus is speaking and he said, the king will come and say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom, watch this carefully, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness, friends. That's why we can pray, your, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Why? Because God's prepared it for us. He's prepared the kingdom for us. This reveals that God had planned for his kingdom before creation and he has always meant for believers to be co-heirs with Christ. God has always meant for the best version of you to be unleashed. That is God's plan. That is God's will for your life. He wants you to be unleashed into your true potential. God is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. According to His Spirit, according to these foreordained knowledge and understanding, the, 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 He already created the future before you lived it. So why should we doubt him? You see, God's not intimidated by nothing. You say, well, I've got nothing left to give. Well, he's got a lot to do. God's not intimidated by your lack of time. He just wants you to give him time. He's not lonely, but he can come into your loneliness and be a friend. Not just your savior come to you where you are to take you to where you should be. You know what? God is not static. He's not dead. God's moving. His spirit is moving. If you will just yield to him and trust him and open up and he'll come in and you'll experience the, this resurrection life. The Bible says the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us and quickens our mortal body. But you know what? God is driven by love, motivated by love. For God so loved Agape the world that he gave his begotten son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 of John chapter three says, for he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through his son might be saved. 
What a joy. What great love. And then, he, and then he says, I've got a kingdom prepared for you. In August last year during COVID, my mother was dying of cancer. And I went and I sat by her bed. And it was coming to the end. And she didn't want to leave. And I said, Mom, I know you're holding on because of Dad, because my dad wouldn't let her go. Married for over 60 odd years. Love of his life. I said, Dad, you gotta let her go. Because you're not letting her go into nothing. There's a kingdom waiting for her. There's a home prepared in eternity for her. She lay there. And my dad says, sweetheart, you can go. And he cried. That was his moment. And we sat there very soon because my mom and dad are beautiful believers. I've lived their lives on earth, run the race. And my mom breathed her last. I had such comfort in knowing the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That God, if I can trust Him with my life, I can trust Him with my future. I can trust Him with everything. Because before anything ever existed, He already had everything in mind. He had everything in place. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. I want to help you prepare for heaven. I want to help you break out into all the things that God has for you, to live this best life that He has for you. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're far from God today, your relationship with Him is either non-existent or it's just cooled off and cold, and, and you just feel like, I'm so lonely. I want to pray a prayer, and you can pray this in your heart, where you can invite Jesus into your life, into your world. The Bible says in Revelation 3, if you open up your door of your heart, He said, I'll come in. Pray this prayer. Those online, pray this prayer. Dear God, Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you for loving me. Lord, without you, I am nothing. I am lost without you. There's chaos around me, but God, I know that when you speak life, things will change. Thank you for speaking to my world and my life today. And I open up my heart. And Jesus, I ask that you'll come and live in me, that you will forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me today. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins, giving your life, laying down your life, loving me into your death so that I could be raised in your life. Jesus, I surrender to you today. Amen. And no one looking around, every head bowed, every eyes closed. This is the most intimate moment you can have with God. If you pray that prayer today, I wanna just, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I just wanna acknowledge you and pray for you. He said, Anthony, I prayed that prayer today. Would you just slip up your hand up high? No one's looking around and say, thank you, thank you. Say, that's me, that's me. Oh goodness, all over. Yes to God, yes to God. Heaven is changing today. Your world is gonna change today. Your life is gonna be transformed. Yes, 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 yes. And you know that God said yes to you before he even created you. So today, what we, did, what we can do as a family, as a church, let's celebrate the big yes of Jesus for all these people. Come on, let's do that. Let's encourage him. Let's encourage it. So Father, I pray for every person who said yes to you. You said yes to them long ago. You've called them long ago. 
you prepared for them long ago. This is the day of, of reconciliation. This is the day of coming together. The lost has been found. In Jesus' name, we thank you for every person. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for, I preached a little bit longer. I am from Africa. We stretch things out. But I want to show you, if you would be kind just to be for a few minutes, I want to show you the work we are doing in, in, in Africa. And I would love you to be part of what we're doing. So would you watch this video? And I appreciate it. Thank you. I stare into the face of a child whose eyes hold a story. I look at the outward appearance and see poverty. Torn clothes, dirty hands and feet, no shoes. But those eyes, they draw me in. I see stories that haven't been told. I see so much life still to be lived. I see hope. The journey of life, child, has been one of a promise. integral in its approach. Every single child here not only receives education and quality education, but they also have access to a nutritious meal every day. For many, it's the only meal of the day. The school is a full primary school and every child is discipled through cell groups that meet every single week. They additionally have access to skills training through agriculture, animal husbandry, so that we can broaden their opportunities for their future to be a blessing to themselves and also to their families in the greater community. This is a community within the community where vulnerable and orphan children are placed into new families with a house mom, where they can receive long-term care in every aspect of their lives. The village was born out of the tremendous need for a more permanent care and education for children in Zambezia because of the high mortality rates due to HIV, AIDS, malaria and so forth. The Akalawa Children's Village currently educates children from grade one through to grade four. Our residential homes are increasing in number and the village clinic is in operation and is serving all our children and their families in the surrounding communities. Thanks, Pastor Anthony. Pastor Anthony is actually a mountain climber. He's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. He's climbed the base camp of Everest. And even people from our church went with him as fundraisers. You might not be able to make those mountains, but there is a mountain of poverty that you can climb with him. This is an opportunity for us to make a difference with people who are halfway around the world, who have no home, no place to live, no pl nothing to eat, no education and have their lives completely changed at the same time as Jesus transforms their lives. Now I've got a question for you. How many of you tend to get your coffee and tea at like Starbucks, Pete's, or an independent coffee place? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you tend to go to 7-Eleven or to McDonald's? Raise your hand. How many of you make your own coffee and tea at home? Okay, so here's, here's the challenge. For those of you who go to Starbucks, Pete's, and the independent coffee places, give up one coffee a week and you could support a child. You McDonald's and 7-Eleven people, you have to give up two a week. Um, 
Those of you who do it at home, you have to give up coffee altogether. Uh, but here's what happens. For $30 a month, you can provide a place for a child to live and have a family, a place for them to go to school, to have meals, but most of all, to have Jesus. And our ushers are coming at this time, and we'd like to encourage you, if you would be interested in supporting a child for $30 a month, or if you'd like to give a one-time gift, just raise your hands. They have some special cards here that they can give to you. It tells you information. You will actually receive the name and, and information. Pastor Robert right here on the front row too here. Lois over here. Uh, you'll receive their name, their birthday, so you can pray for them and stand with them. We've had many people at our church here through the years who've supported kids that now grown up and gone on and have professions, and are some are even in ministry. And so what I'd like you to do is you take this card, there's a QR code there you can go to, or you can fill it out, and Pastor Anthony following service will be out in the foyer to meet with you and just talk about the possibilities. We believe this is a way that we can make an incredible difference in the world around us. And let me, let me just share a passage of scripture with you from Romans 14. There might be something that you're not aware of, but in Romans 14, it says, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, our sins are already taken care of, so we don't stand before God and give account of our sins. But what we do is we give an account of how we live our lives. One day we'll stand before God and they'll like, okay, here's how much time I gave you on earth. What'd you do with it? Was it just about you? One day we'll stand before God and he'll say, here's all the talents and opportunities I gave you. What did you do with them? Was it just about you? And then here's the scary one. As we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, he's gonna say, this is how much money went through your hands in your lifetime. What'd you do with it? What did you do with all that money that went through your hands? Was it just about you and what you possessed? And in this moment, you're actually preparing for your final exam. That day when you stand before God and give account of your life, this can be part of God saying, wow, well done, good and faithful servant. As you prayerfully consider this, and if you got a card or if you didn't get one yet, you can see Pastor Anthony afterwards. As we let the Lord speak to us, and as we begin to say yes to him, Pastor Esther, Pastor Youth, and some of our COF Coffee Youth are gonna come and declare a great truth. If Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. How many of you are ready to praise the Lord a little bit more? Get out of your seat right now. We're gonna dance. Are you ready? Come on, let's clap your hands. No. 
Somebody give him glory in this place. Our God is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Jesus say, if Jesus say, Yes, nobody can say no. And we hope you'll say yes too. And Pastor Anthony will be out there in the foyer to talk with you, receive your cards and help you connect with a child in Africa whose life you can change. I also wanna invite you to change lives here in San Jose. Our children's ministry is looking for young men and women, older men and women, grandpa men and women who will be willing to say, I'd like to invest once a month or twice a month or every Sunday and serving the children here. Melissa will be in the foyer to talk to you as well about that. We're just looking forward to all that God has in store for us as an amazing family. And I wanna speak God's blessing on you. Lord, you know each one of us, you know our journey, you know our needs and struggles. I just speak healing over David right now. I speak peace over Jackie. I said, pray provision provision for Sandy right now. Lord, you know every situation, and we thank you that we can trust you to hear your divine yes. Bless your people with favor. As we go out to be your church in this community, draw our hearts closer to you and let our light shine that you'd be glorified. Thanks for saying yes to us, Jesus, and we say yes to you. Yes to your life, your grace, and your favor. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.